4: Hello and thank you for listening to the RSL show brought to you by One Wire Fiber on the KSL Sports Network I uh, haven't done this in a minute we are back my name is producer Andy or Andy Munoz
5: I'm Josh I'm Trey guest hosting today yes
4: guest hosting uh, Trey Fitzgerald. Uh, everyone knows who you are, so we're just going to skip introductions. That's a yeah. <laughs> uh, are you still doing your podcast? Sorry, I am. Yeah. I know.
5: Yeah. and Cobalt is yeah. uh, running. It's not as fast and furious as it was. We've hit the dog days of summer, but uh, we've got some good episodes in the can. We've got a lot of other good ones coming up as we get in the stretch run of the playoffs. So, also brought to you by One Wire Fiber.
4: Hell yeah! What's your favorite um, episode that you've done? I wouldn't say of all time, but maybe with like within the last year. Like, who's um, your favorite guest?
5: Man, it might be uh, Nadam Onuoha. Um, I know I butchered his name because I always do. Um, Tamor Rushdie was a pretty awesome one, the former RSL man who was at Barnsley and is now at Nottingham Forest with with Dane Murphy. Um, I don't know, man. I, we've had so many good guests. I'm. I'm Lucky, and it's just been fun to kind of go down memory lane with everybody and and talk about their favorite RSL moments.
4: Uh, that's why I love Trey because he just like flexes right so subtly. <laughs> uh, we've had a cu- a couple of EPL players, no- nothing special.
3: You need to get a uh, that Noah Beck kid on there.
4: Noah
5: Beck, yeah, yeah.
3: hey, he's a big time TikToker. Yeah, got all the followers,
5: influencer.
3: Yeah, dude, I,
4: I. I didn't know he was with the Academy up until like maybe a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. I remember I texted the group chat RSL show and I'm like, dude, Noah Beck was on the Academy. And of course, I knew him from TikTok, right? Like I spend a lot of time there. Uh, But yeah, Brian Dunseth posted a a story of Noah like just, you know, kicking the ball up and holding holding it up for a while. And Rui Diaz is watching him. And uh, from what I heard, because I asked Jack, I think Jack was... In the, like... Jack they, Blake. Yeah, they were in the, uh what, what do you call it? In the facility together, The yeah. facility the together.
5: Science Bank Royale Academy.
4: <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, we haven't podcasted in a minute. <laughs> I, I forgot what everything. What team do we cover? Yeah. No, I asked him. I said, hey, like, did you get a chance to play with him? He said, yeah, he's, he's actually
5: pretty decent, is what he said. But, <laughs> hey. I don't remember him. He might have been in the academy when I was gone. I mean, I recognize the name from... You know, when we used to have to do, like, the box scores for the U15 playoffs in USS Development Academy or whatever. But it's pretty cool that MLS got him involved. I don't know how they connected. I've been anxious to see that. but
3: It's just got to be a PR thing, right? Well, they were looking for influencers, apparently. Yeah. 45 million followers.
4: How did he get 45 million followers? No idea. I, I could tell you how. So he dances on TikTok. Okay. He's, in, he's athletic. Okay. He's not a bad-looking kid. Yeah. Like, I, I'm a troll, but, like, if someone is, like, decent-looking, yeah. I'm not going to say they're ugly, but, you know, that's just today's world. Like, if you're attractive, so, you, you get that clout. This
5: is probably for another podcast, but <laughs> I do want to f- understand how the TikTok algorithm is different than Facebook or Instagram or, or Twitter.
4: Well, TikTok's objective is to suck you in just like any other social platform. Yeah. However, they kind of cheat because let's say if you start a TikTok tomorrow, they'll blow one of your videos up, like thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions Mm -hmm. on one of your video to hype you up so that you'll keep posting. Got it. How do I know this? Because it happened to me and I keep posting. Nice. Yeah. Um, Speaking of MLS All-Star, should we just like kind of talk about
3: that first? That's pretty cool, actually.
4: Dude, can I I just... All right. I'm going to flex a little bit. You're the
5: producer. You can do whatever you want. Okay.
4: I'm going to flex a little bit. So I do contract work for Major League Soccer Espanol, as yeah. you know. Uh, I, I'm basically like a remote video editor. But a month and a half ago, they, uh, my boss in New York called, and he's like, hey, man, any interest in going to MLS All-Star with us? And I said, hey, I just started a new job with KSL Sports. I would love to, but like, I know that around that time, is when we go. Meaning, there's high school football, BYU football, U of U, BYU, all that. So I declined, and I just thought that they were gonna go and watch the match, dude. All of like the photos, their stories. I mean, they are on the field talking to uh, you know Nani. They're talking to Rui Diaz. They're talking to Rodolfo Pizarro. They're on. The field with cameras, and you're on on your couch. Yeah, dude. (laughs) On Uh, your day day off, like I'm on my couch on my day off. I'm in the kitchen, like editing a piece for you know MLS All Star, and so it's cool. But I just haven't processed that, you know, like who I actually work for because I haven't gone able to, you know, do events like that
5: yeah i mean i think once you're probably further entrenched at ksl you would be able to right they'd let you take a few days off and yeah your stuff.
4: no totally yeah and that's why i don't well, want to or
5: the other thing is you're just you're saving your bullets for for when rsl goes to mls cup yeah, yeah. dude because uh, mls and espanol will need some coverage of that
3: that's right man so yeah, hopefully ksl needs some coverage of that hopefully via a podcast that they send to the game <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> nate <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so don't send tom yeah no send us
4: <laughs> <laughs> dude tom so i got a chance to talk to tom hackett and you know he covers RSL, as you guys know he covers a lot of things for ksl but uh he he's pretty funny he let's just say he's a funny guy he was just like i don't know why they keep just throwing all these things on me he's like i, I don't i just don't know how so um i'd love to do something with tom and i actually asked him to come on the podcast as Maybe our next guest, Um, he's got a lot to say about the RSL Show podcast. Uh, Things that he said to my face that I said, dude, come on the podcast and say it on the mic. You know, get it on on record. So, uh, friendly banter with him. He's also a a friend of the shows. But, yeah, dude, the MLS All-Star match was so much fun. And if I could go back in time, when it was West versus East – And they mic'd up Brad Mm Guzan in goal, like that. To me, was just so, like it was cool, but it was also very, very tacky. Yeah. And what I really, really enjoyed about this MLS All Star is that both sides took it
3: seriously.
5: Yeah, there's some competitive juices. Yeah,
3: it's the rival. There's there's the real rivalry, right? Yeah. Like it it transcends the national teams almost, even though you know most of these guys don't represent the actual national teams that the rivalry is based out of. It, you and I'll still come back, feel it
4: and I'll come back to that yeah cuz i you know the whole like tres acero bullshit i i see on
3: hey listen hey
4: listen it's liga mx but it's like it's all nationalities yeah. and it's the same for the usa yeah like you've got you've got argentinians on the on the team you've got people from croatians. ecuador yeah croatians mm-hmm. most, most notably <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know if you can. So, you're
5: really that sensitive about the Gold Cup and the Nations League that, that, that when the people say Trace Acero because of the MLS <laughs> All-Star game? I Five am. Minutes. I really am, dude. And I said last night on Twitter it should be 3-1 one, one, because the skills challenge. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You know, yep. that was pretty competitive. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, it's just. I thought it, it. Can I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think what was cool is that it struck the right balance right the skills mm-hmm. challenge had like the kind of goofy all star stuff that all leagues have right but the game was competitive and it was better than you know MLS versus Everton or right. MLS versus Chelsea or Atletico Bayern all the different ones that they've played over the last what 10 years mm-hmm. um, I, think, I don't know
3: i think putting it league league against league just it gives it a little more bite right yeah it's not just some random team in europe that doesn't care
5: Well, and like when they're interviewing guys on the bench, you could kind of see they were like, I know this is an all-star game and it doesn't really matter, but this is important and I don't want to like goof off too much. And like Christian Roldan's interview, Alex Mm -hmm. Roldan's interview, Matt Turner I thought was awesome. Um, <laughs> sorry, dude. Well, and, and not only Andy that. talking so much smack about Matt Turner on Twitter.
3: But even during the interviews, you could tell they were watching the game. They they, yeah. had and they no were into desire. it because yeah, like the no East West, West game, they don't
5: care. Like right. remember the old East West games that would be like 10-8 or whatever, and yeah. Tab Ramos would be trying to nutmeg Alexi, mm-hmm. and Alexi would uh, do get out scissors and play with his beard. I don't know. Like it was just yeah. almost that goofy.
4: Yeah, it's uh, it it was kind of like reminiscent of you know, like, let's just go to basketball. LeBron James, yeah. upset with the All-Star.
5: But see, they have fixed the NBA All-Star game the last couple of years with yeah. that Elam ending thing, where it actually gets a little competitive. But I think
4: it started with LeBron James because he was like, I don't want to play in these games if they're not competitive, and right. it's just a joke. Like, yeah. these people deserve a show. And I think with MLS, whoever idea that was to – get both of the leagues going and you know don garber came on tv and was like hey we wanted to do this last year but because of the pandemic like i doubt it's don garber's decision like or idea it, it it was some someone entrenched within major league soccer like that is such a great idea and i loved it man like i loved every every moment of it but what i didn't like was the the obvious fanboying for matt turner dude i just can't get behind it
5: Dude, uh, you don't like Matt Turner? He reminds me of Jeff Antonella so much. Like he's got the right balance of skill yeah. and expertise, effort, but he's got kind of this like sense of humor where he doesn't take himself seriously. And no, I, like I don't him. love a bunch of New England Revolution players, sure. so don't get me wrong, I never have, but I liked Clint Dempsey, I liked Shahrie, I liked um Farrell, um and there's some reason and I guess I like Matt Turner just because I thought he was good in the gold cup.
4: Yeah, but I think, you know, prior to that,
2: yeah,
5: I mean,
4: it's just like, I, I think it's just overhyped, a little bit of overrated. Sure, he's the hero now. And I, I think that a lot of like USMNT fans kind of latch on to that. They always have like their player, and I feel like that's him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, to me, it just bothers me a little bit. And the whole Twitter stuff, like, you know, yeah, MLS winning and all that. The, the Tres Acero stuff, it just kind of irked me the wrong way. <laughs> like, if you just can't tell. I don't know why I'm so sour about it, but it, it
5: was a fun Dude, game. Dude, Twitter is such a cesspool, and, and yeah. I, I live there. Like, you guys yeah. know, I'm on Twitter every spare moment of the day. It's unhealthy, mm-hmm. but it is how I consume our world, unfortunately. and yeah. but, I enjoy Twitter. But soccer Twitter and NBA Twitter, and, yeah. and it is I have such a love-hate relationship yeah. with it.
4: So I'm going to ask you guys real quick. What was uh, and I'll tell you mine after your is What was your favorite moment of the MLS All Star Match? It could be a moment like an interview. It could be uh, an
3: actual play. Damir scoring his penalty, first one. It's great. Yeah, I love that he was the first kicker. buries it confident. It's nice. And the gave bows. a little
5: blew a kiss to his wife. Mm-hmm. His wife and daughter were there. There was some cool video that RSL put up. He's a nice human. Great human, he's an we've, incredible human.
4: We've met him. I've met him briefly. You met him briefly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he a, yeah. He gave you. He gave you a kit. Yeah. He's so nice that he gave Josh a kit because we made those Karate Kid shirts. Oh right. And he came out and he gave him a kit. Was it signed?
3: No, I need to get it signed. Okay.
4: He gave him a kit, and I was just standing there with Josh. I wasn't doing anything. And Demir
5: looks at me, and he's like,
4: "Oh, hey, I'm so sorry." Uh, do you want one I can go get you one I'll run back inside I'm like no man you're you're good
5: like deep down <laughs> well, I wanted one he, but he literally is the nicest human being yeah. and I haven't been around him much um, but my last year with the club was his first year with the club and he just handles himself with such class and and you see it throughout. and I, I think Taryn Meyer wrote a piece about uh, Demir and his all-star experience that went up on the team site the last couple days and Demir talking about, like, how he wants to represent this club in every forum and him understanding kind of the gravity of what mm-hmm. it meant for him to be carrying the RSL flag at that All-Star event, which was, again, unique, different, maybe higher profile than most All-Star events because of the Liga MX yeah, um, or Liga MX um, <laughs> uh, presence. So... Um, <laughs> I, like I appreciate said, it. When I say MX, it sounds wrong. So I should say MX, but. But it's hard, yeah, think it's hard for me to say. MX? L-
4: Liga MX.
5: Yeah, I know. I just. Yeah. I'm a Spanglish speaker, you know, you are? growing up in Albuquerque. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
4: A lot of your friends look like me, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. And so, my first wife. No. no just kidding. Nice. Um, <laughs> no wonder we get but along. But no,
5: Demir's the best, man. Like, yeah. and And again not to beat this point home, but he did, I think, represent us very well in all the social I saw coming from L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, through various mediums, including MLS and Espanol, um, and then obviously the game. I, I I thought he looked really good in the yeah. game. Gameplay My changed. favorite moment in the game, I'm starting to kind of fall in love with Ricardo Pepe, and yeah. his, if I'm going to pick a non-RSL Demir moment, I guess that might have been it, was Pepe's... His just his confidence, his balls, if you will, in the skills challenge on Tuesday night and then that final PK and some of the stuff he tried. And, I mean, Demir, that's who Demir was trying to hit with that mm-hmm. little header far post. Right at the desk, And yeah. I think Matt Doyle, who has taught me a ton of tactics over the years, said it was a great idea by Demir. And even though Pepe was like a half step short of... Getting onto that pass, he was still ahead of the the Mexican defenders. Right. You know, so, um, it, you know, I don't, by nature, I don't love anybody at FC Dallas until they leave, like Jason Kreis mm-hmm. and Jeff Cassar <laughs> and, and, and other, uh, ex Dallas players we've had here, Dante Washington, uh, Brian Dunseth. But, um, man, he, uh, He's got me excited. I'm glad he chose the U.S. So Same. There was a bunch of Ricardo Pepe and look, I'd never seen this guy play. I don't even know if he played in the previous Dallas games against RSL this year. That's how I don't. clueless I am about Dallas. Ricardo Pepe? So. Yeah. Oh, I dude. Think he played.
4: Um, I think the first time that I heard or saw about Ricardo of or, 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 or Ricardo Pepe was uh, his hat trick. So he had a hat trick against the LA Galaxy uh, back on July 25th and I'm very accurate because I'm looking at stats but uh, he's got nine goals. Yeah, no, in he's the season. It up. Yeah, so it's like tearing
5: it up. And look, he can play these three qualifiers for the U.S. And because he's under 21, he can still switch to Mexico if he decides to yeah. later. Which that whole cap tied stuff, we don't need to get into it tonight. But it's 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 crazy.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, he did not play when they were here. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, Jao Felix a little bit. You know. I, I don't know if it's like the same caliber but hey, he's playing in a actually in a big my leaps, favorite All-Star goals.
5: moment because of our buddy Sam Stayscal. Um I was paying special attention to Nuhu in the first half of the game. Yeah. And in the same 5 minutes he made about three really threatening runs forward and I liked the way he was overlapping with I don't even know who the playmaker was. Um anyway, and then there was one time on one of the Mexican attacks where they went down into his left corner and it'd be an and one mixtape blooper video if this was basketball because <laughs> he just got put on skates and dropped on, you know, got his ankles broken and then got dropped on his on his butt. Um, so it was kind of, there yeah. was a new who sequence that was probably my favorite.
4: Nice. Mine was uh, Luis Romo, Cruz Azul. Steps up to take the PK. Looks like he's going to go back adjust the ball a little bit, and then he totally fools Matt and literally just kind of, like, lays it in. Like, he just yeah, nobody, kicks it effortlessly.
5: I, I remember on Twitter, I don't know if it was Taylor Twellman or one of the Fox guys, but they are like, we didn't even think he was going to take a kick. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, totally. He was just kind of walking up like he, exactly like you said, like he was going to mess with the ball again.
4: Yeah, so it was a beautiful, uh, beautifully taken PK. And, uh, Risky. Risky. Super risky in a game like that. Like, had he missed or had it been blocked? I mean, that's it was over at that point. Yeah, it that been was totally a stay over. alive penalty. Yeah. So,
5: um, so can so we, we talk about sh- all star worst moments? Huge cajones. Your uh, boy well with his fake calf injury in the skills challenge. <laughs> oh boy, that was pretty great though. It was pretty funny. As uh, as Dunny likes to say, dark arts and ish housery. <laughs> mm-hmm. so.
4: Dude, I loved uh, Jorge Campos rushed over and, like, he's wearing chanclas and yeah. he's, like... to the left. Yeah, to the right. Is that Spanish for uh, sandals? Yeah, flip-flops, okay. yeah. And I, I I tweeted, let's, you know, Jorge like Campos... every
5: Latin dad at, at, at LA, soccer so. practice. Dude,
4: a thousand percent, dude. When dude I you've been
5: on fire on Twitter lately. What do you mean? Like, I mean... Good stuff. Frequency and quality, both noticeable <laughs> uptick.
4: Thanks, man. <laughs> I think you're the only person, that, like, who hasn't muted me, though.
5: Um, Which is even more shocking that you never respond to me. I mean, I think I have some witty repartee I with do. you on Twitter, and you just ignore me. I do. Well, you're usually correcting me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such <laughs> <bullshit>. <laughs>
4: Do you see how it only takes one time to just ruin it? So, <laughs> anyways. All right, cool. So, yeah, MLS All Star uh, game, a hit. I would love to. I hope it stays. I don't know if it's going to stay Liga and I think it will every year, but. I think it will. I feel like it was such a good, like a such a a hit. Um, I, I wonder like how ratings were and they were. I just was looking and they were very high. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, it's funny. I I haven't seen the ratings numbers yet, but there were so many people talking about the MLS All Star Game on Twitter in like NBA, NFL media that I follow, um, Hollywood, TV, radio, podcast, pop culture. Uh, black culture people that I follow on Twitter that have nothing to do with soccer. Mm-hmm. They were like either at the game in L.A. or they were watching the game on TV yeah. and I was like wow this is this is pretty cool.
4: It yeah. was cool. Yeah you're right. I mean there was, there was a lot of influencers there and then people with Latin
5: culture as well. I didn't mean to the leave The soccer that community it's fine dude.
4: Um, they live there so they're just defaulted in.
5: Um, <laughs> soccer uh, or L.A.? About
4: <laughs> LA
5: soccer, whatever.
4: League no, but yeah, like, League yeah, the yeah, yeah, like, you know, Cooligans were there. Um, yeah, they know, did like, a
5: cool thing with Ramondo on yeah, Monday night, maybe. Nick
4: was there. I know Kaye was there. Um, also, uh, just like a ton of people who I follow on Twitter, like Christine Cupo was there. Yeah, um, she's awesome. Oh, what's the girl from DC United? She did the uh, chant on the piano. What's her name? I think she was there too. Josh, can't remember. All right, anyways, all right, cool. So, that's enough of MLS All Stars. Um oh, some other league news uh rumors. Ronaldo to Man City. Huh? That's disgusting. Anyone? It's gross. Trey, you're not even there's no emotion yeah, I mean, on your no, face. No, I mean
5: I'm I mean I'm not a big Ronaldo guy, although you know, I like watching Portugal when he's playing and I used to like watching Real Madrid. I mean honestly, like besides MLS I probably watch more. La Liga than EPL or Bundesliga or anything else. That's changing. Um, it has changed since Ronaldo went to Juve. Um, but I guess I, at the top of my head, I did see something that says that they're adding the Juventus still owes Real Madrid uh, twenty nine million as the for the amortized transfer fee. So that's got to be added in. But um, I don't know. I think I'm kind of getting into EPL this year. Not not just because of um, some of the other big moves, but I love Nuno. So for Nuno to go from Wolves uh, to Spurs and some of the Harry Kane drama and Ted Lasso, there's a lot of it's a, it's a confluence of many reasons why I'm a little more attuned to EPL yeah. this year than I have been in the past.
4: Dude, I, I don't really... Maybe I've, it's because I'm
5: old and I'm starting to get up at 5.30 in the morning.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's it. it's perfect. Um, yeah, I've never been a huge Ted Lasso fan, but I'm curious, like how many people it's actually you know brought into soccer or at least uh, following the EPL, which I think is great. So
3: okay, so correction: apparently, the English version of the game was not well watched, but the Spanish version was. The tweets I'm reading, they could be wrong. Where is it from? I was just scrolling. Oh, just from something. Gotcha.
4: Cool. Well, um, should we talk about Real Salt Lake? The elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> RSL? Do we have to? Our favorite team?
3: Yeah. Okay. We yeah. have to, Josh. Is we do. RSL we do have to. Is,
4: <laughs> is is RSL
3: still your favorite team, Josh? Well, of course. Okay. But per <laughs> some people on Twitter, I should go Kick Rocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah,
4: dude. Here's okay, here's what I love about the fan base. We're all very passionate. We all You know, everyone pays attention to each other. Like, it doesn't matter. That's what I think is cool. It doesn't matter, like, whether you work for RSL, if you just follow RSL, if you're, like, us and you just cover them, whatever. Everyone talks to one another, but people are very passionate and they love to be positive, which I think is, like, a toxic positivity in Salt Lake with sports. Mm -hmm. The minute you criticize... You're just hurting people. Like you're hurting their feelings, and then the backlash. And so Josh got some
3: backlash. Uh, some, I, really, I, I enjoy it actually. Some,
4: <laughs> something about deleting your
5: Twitter or something. What oh, was it, it was
3: a lot of things. It was like uh, you know, never watch a real game again. <laughs> you must not actually support your team. All that fun stuff.
5: I got accused of. Uh, I think it was after. I don't think it was the color. Maybe it was the Colorado game. Might have been the Houston road draw or no is the is the LA who did we lose to after we lost to LA?
3: Portland.
5: Yes, the Portland game. I got accused of gaslighting the fan base <laughs> because I wasn't and again, I'm never ready to like say burn it all down. Right. And I get in the heat of the moment after an emotional ninety minutes. We want to we want to burn things down. Mm-hmm. We want to fire everybody. We want to trade and cut change, players. Change the
4: colors. Change
5: the name. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know. I hope people know this. I think you guys do. I just I try to give my perspective based off of working in basketball and soccer and working in this club for a lot of years. And yeah, I've just heard a lot of GMs and coaches and players and trainers and. Equipment, like I've just heard a lot of situations, a lot of scenarios. So I just try to provide – I don't know. I get mad too. I don't – it's hard sometimes to to not be super emotional and muzzle oneself. Definitely.
3: I just – I think for me, someone calling me out for expecting more out of a team that I know is better. And, and calling me a loser and, you know, being... Like they were
5: criticizing you because you are demanding more?
3: Yes. I, Why? I, what do they... Because they... they blind faith just, is no way to go through yes. life either, right? But that's the way they want to go and it's
5: okay. Wow. Okay. But, yeah.
3: you know, there's problems and they yeah. need to be addressed. And,
4: hey, that's great for the team, right? If you have fans who are cool with us just making the playoffs
3: barely. I mean, at this point, if, right? Yeah. There's no guarantee. Yeah. Depends on what team shows up for this thing after the season. Well,
5: and that's the whole thing about, like, expectations, right? I, I, I mean, one of the reasons, and look, I'm admittedly an MLS snob. But one of the reasons I really do love MLS is even in a team of 27, or a league of 27 teams, we go into March 1 of every year thinking we've got a chance. Right. And I think right now the attitude is, Let's get to the playoffs, and once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Absolutely. Would I rather be a, a 1, 2, or 3 seed than a 7? Absolutely. Um, am I pissed at the drop points at home? For sure. But we're in the playoff spot. A lot of people picked us to finish 13th in the West, and, and I didn't – I don't know. Look, I'm trying to put myself back in – April of this year. What did I where did I expect this team to be? And I don't I don't know that I expected us to be above the playoff line. I did know that the early home schedule was going to be good. Um
4: That's when the rumors of signing started to kind of trickle sure. in too. Yeah,
5: and I think we knew Bobby Wood, right? But we didn't yeah. know what Rubin was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Men- Menendez and Dakovich weren't even a glint in our eyes back then. I don't know. Maybe it's just I mean I do honestly like though. Like people think I'm sugarcoating certain things. I do look at the standings and say we should have 9 points more than yep. we do. And then we're then we're in a home field advantage spot and the conversation and is entirely different. And we're, we're right there with Colorado. And that was the thing that pissed me off about the Colorado game is we could have been we could have brought them to within 4 points of us and instead now they're 10 points of us with a game in hand and I mean, we could talk about this game, I guess, real quick. Like, I thought we were the better team for the first 60 minutes.
3: I I think the first 60 minutes was the best I've seen RSL play sure. in a long time. it was time. the longest stretch where
5: yeah. we were on the front foot, right? Yep,
3: Albert Rusnak scores in the 51st. Um, I
4: feel like, do you guys feel like Albert Rusnak is kind of finding ground, kind okay. of finding? Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Okay.
5: And and actually, it is, I think the Slovakia snub did light a fire under him. And somebody posted on Twitter today, like, his who scored quotient before that snub and after that snub and he has improved significantly and I think it, that that meets the eye test right mm-hmm. because he has been getting on the score sheet but he's also doing a lot of he's create I think he's created the seventh most most chances in the league mm-hmm. and I guess my point about the Colorado game and I don't I don't really want to get into the VAR stuff if you guys do I'm, I'm happy to I'm good I don't want to blame that but we should have had. Like, I think it was a bad call. I think if Justin's shirt sleeve is what's adjudged to be offside in when you slow everything down and go frame by frame from a bad camera angle in a stadium because you yeah. can't have 360-degree cameras, that's not clear and obvious to me. Like, that was a good goal. But whatever. I'm just the old man screaming at the cloud apparently right, on right. VAR stuff. So um, this is a Simpson reference, a Simpsons <laughs> reference. But... um I I don't know. I I said it at halftime on ESPN 700 that night. Like, Rubio Rubin had a great chance that he kind of just caught, I guess, not quite sure if he was going to head it or ch- kick it, and he kind of got stuck and mm-hmm. couldn't even make contact with it. Um, and there was a couple other near-miss chances that, that other guys had. So we should have been up 3-0 regardless of what the VAR says. Absolutely. Does. And... Um, and and like Dami said, we kind of switch off for ten minutes. We give up another horrible corner kick goal with zonal marking as as Dunny is um, carrying that um, that torch. cross to bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, and then and then you know Mark Anthony K makes a great run out of midfield, runs onto a beautiful cross. Aaron Herrera's with Jonathan Lewis. He, by the time he realizes there's an unmarked untracked runner coming mm-hmm. in from midfield. He can't peel off in time. And I don't know. Like, I think our defense is good. Like, the numbers say it's good, but it it does have a tendency to kind
3: of switch off yeah.
5: in opportune times. And we've seen it against Wando, We saw it against Houston, against Nashville. Like, LA, it's one or two Portland. defensive plays. Yep. Like, the Portland game, like, we were the better team. We lost 3-2, but, like, we we really were the better team that yep. game. And so when we beat Austin one nothing or beat Houston 2-1 and there are those long stretches where we're not that great and it's frustrating that's kind of how things even out is yeah. we still got the three points even though people, the games were trash yeah. yeah
4: so I'm interested to get your take Trey cuz you probably talk this on your podcast or maybe you don't because I've heard your podcast is yeah, a, a little have... it's a little
5: PG whoa that's what okay. i've heard
4: no, I'm, uh, no I, I haven't heard that. I, I uh, Sorry. Yeah, well,
5: we don't do a lot of, like, tactical Yeah. No, no, no. Breakdown. It's not about
4: that, though. Okay. First off, I'm going to apologize for assuming things about your podcast, because I haven't listened to it it's in, okay. like, the last Hey, you're a busy man. I am. But I should make more time. Let's plug
5: it again. Well, hey. Well, and Cobalt Podcast. Yeah. I mean, look, we used to bury people's feeds, right? We put a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. And now we've slowed down a little bit, and right. that's okay, because I'm conscious of... I don't keep up with all the podcasts I subscribe to right now either.
4: That's great. Okay, thank you. You're saying you forgive I, me. I forgive you, of okay. course. Okay, all right. So I want to know, because I think a lot of people would love your take. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a Freddy Juarez problem?
5: Um, Careful now. <laughs> no, I mean, look. <laughs> I think, like, I see the stuff on Twitter, and... Look, I know Freddie, right? But I, don't, I haven't been around him the last three years. So my history with Freddie is when he was at the Academy, when he was at the Monarchs, and when he was an assistant under Pecky. And then I was gone when Pecky was still the head coach. Look, I know it's it's funny on Twitter right now to refer to Freddie as a tactical genius. He really is a tactical genius. Like, I get the the snark, and I'm – I love snark. I'm the king yeah. of snark, right? Like I'm a mm-hmm. sarcastic little smartass sometimes. But based on what like Garth Loggerway told me when he hired Freddie at the academy, and based on what Mike Pecky told me about his relationship with Freddie when he was the head coach, and I spent a lot of time with Mike doing the show at KSL and and doing different things with him, uh, he swears that Freddie is like the smartest tactics tactical setup guy he's ever been around. So, Freddie also was part of a pretty cool MLS program they had, I don't know, five, six years ago, where they had one representative from each club go take this very intensive, it's a world-renowned course given by the French Football Federation. So, Freddie got certified in that. Yeah. Um, but there's more to being a coach than just tactics, right? Mm-hmm. So I agree. Freddie, I think he's made... You know, look, Freddie's a quiet guy. So I, I went through this with Jason, and I went through it with to a di- in a different way with both Kassar and Pecky. Like, some guys just, they aren't great speaking publicly, period. The pandemic has made it really hard for media access and f- fan connection through that media access because we all know how screwed up and impersonal and goofy Zoom is. Like, I cannot wait until Freddie can have beers with you guys and talk tactics and talk personnel and talk setup about why we don't play three in the back or why Wood and Rubin haven't played next to each other or all these things that we all talk about on, on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not in the locker room. We we're, we weren't at preseason. I think part of – and Freddie said this a couple Zoom calls ago or maybe it was a postgame radio – like part of it is that he just doesn't have enough time to practice certain things that I think we all want to see. And, look, I'm I'm as guilty as anybody on Twitter of saying, hey, these are who I think our best 11 are, and this is how I think they should fit together. And I'm very biased that when I put that stuff out there, it's completely attacking-oriented. I'm not thinking about defense. Now – there's a lot of people out there that argue that MLS would be a lot more popular and those all-star ratings would be a lot better if we had more 7-5 games than than one <laughs> yeah. nothing and 2-0 and 0-0 and 3-1 mm. games. Now, you guys are pretty sophisticated soccer fans and analysts, so if the league has too many 7-5 games, you're like this is That's not this isn't even USL yeah. League 1 right. quality, yeah, right? No, no. So but that's what's fun about our game it's so subjective and we all get to go on Twitter Facebook or podcast or talk radio and and, and banter and there, nobody's right and nobody's wrong That's right. all opinions because it's so subjective yeah. and it's the beautiful game but look Freddie I think knows who's going through what in a particular week and there are times sure we all say well why isn't Julio playing or why is Miram doing this or why is Pablo Ruiz doing this like name it. Like, why is David Ochoa posting this on his Instagram? Like, There's all that kind of stuff that we all wonder, but those guys in that, those 30 guys in the locker room and the six coaches and the athletic trainers and everybody that's kind of in that inner circle, I think they know And and people can believe me or not, but everything I get told by people that I still have friendships with inside the club feel like the vibes are good in the locker room, and Freddie hasn't lost the locker room like you know you see on Twitter. And you know it's a long season, um, and maybe I'm a little too Pollyanna and I'm a little too glass half full. There's 15 games left. If you would, if you had told us all back on May 1st when the season started, literally when like every writer on MLS Soccer .com said we would be dead mm-hmm. effing last in the West. That we be fifth or sixth or seventh, whatever we have been over the last month, um, with roster reinforcements, and that's the other part of the Freddie thing. Like, I think this is a really good roster, and I, it's easy to blame Freddie. That's what a coach does. It's all that's why in any sport, I mean, the coach for the Portland Trailblazers got them in the playoffs eight straight years. But they've got Dame Lillard, and they lost in the first round five of those eight times, I think. So he gets fired, and it's easier to fire one guy than to Rebuild cut and thing. transfer ten players, yeah. um, especially in the modern player market.
3: My my biggest concern is just that 60th to 80th minute. I, you know, I don't know what's going on and why that's not changing, and that's that's where my frustration comes in. Because that's where we're dropping these points that could have us in third, right? So, to me, that's my biggest frustration, right? Like, again, I'm the same. I don't dislike Freddie. I just don't understand what's going on. in that part of the game, when the other coach changes something tactically, we, we just seem so late to adjust, and that's where we get punished, and that's where my frustration comes in.
5: Yeah, and look, I think we've actually heard some of the players say, it's up to us to execute. Because right. for all we know, maybe Freddie's telling everybody the perfect thing to do, and the guys just aren't out there doing it. And that happens at times. And I've gotten into this on Twitter friendly, uh, in a friendly way, with Charles Barnard. Like, it sucks that we are last in the league in goals conceded in the Final 15. And the numbers are bad. But that's also when, like, 70% of the goals are scored. Right. So uh, it it's it's just such a razor's edge. and I think we all would like us to – but I think the defense is really good. I think Justin Glad had an above-average season. I thought he and Herrera should have gotten more all-star consideration uh, than they did. Herrera, now, for I'm, sure. I'm biased. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think Justin's red card and his yellow card suspension and some of his absences probably just came at a difficult time when everybody was talking about all-star stuff. But I, I think he's been better this year than – in a couple years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man.
4: Well, I've always... You know, we've had Freddie on a, a handful of times, right, Josh? Yeah. Um, dude comes on. He, You ask him a question about tactics. Like, you're going to get an answer that's 20 minutes long, right? right. Um, and and he, he's very transparent in the uh, post-media availability as well. And he... The thing that I like about him is he does take accountability. It's on him. Um but it, yeah, as fans it can just get frustrating and like you said, it's the easiest it's the easiest target. Um yeah. if it's not a specific player maybe making a mistake, uh then yeah, you're always onto the coach.
5: Yeah, but like I, and this is a big talking point not just in our league, our team, our league, our sport, but in all sports like do I want a coach that's going to get up there after every game and and call out his own guys? No, I don't think I do. Would we like to see Freddie maybe be a little more open and transparent? Absolutely. Um, That's that's what our fans, ourselves as fans, are always going to demand, right? But at the same time, like every coach is kind of speaking to his locker room in every public setting. I hate that it's all Zoom because if – if we're all able to get in a room either in an off the record or on the record setting i mean remember how entertaining laura harvey was yeah with the royals like i thought she was great now her results were not good they were they were Mediocre i don't know what the best, winning yeah. percentage was <laughs> but it was average at best yeah it was it was 500 or less and in soccer you know because you have the third result like i don't know it, the, we should probably go points per game instead of winning percentage is what I'm trying to say when we talk about coaches. But um, I don't know. I He's also a young he's – he's kind of a first-time head coach at this level. He's still very young in his career. So he's learning how to lead. He's learning how to be the face of a franchise. And none of that stuff happens overnight. And sorry to go on and on about this, but you guys have probably seen – I put this up on Twitter a couple times. Like, we all – Idolized Jason Kreis, but he was literally a million games under five hundred his first year, two thousand and seven when he took over four games in for Ellinger. He was five hundred in two thousand eight, and we made the playoffs. He was sub five hundred in two thousand nine we got hot, won some shootouts, which only count as ties by the way, and won a cup and then twenty ten to twenty thirteen. He was a million games over 500, right? Then Jeff Kasar takes over and basically has Jason's team in 14, and he has a 55-point season. And then, and then we saw kind of how Jeff's career dissolved into Pecky's career. I mean, it was Freddie that got that Pecky team in 2018 to third place in the West and the Western semifinals. So it's... Look, he's learning every step of the way, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's hard to discredit him, but it's fair to criticize him. Like, that's our job as fans and media or whatever we are to when you're criticizing results. You want to see something different, right? You want to see—I think that's the thing. People want to see it mix it up. He believes in his formation. He believes in these kind of 14 guys that have been rotating a lot, and— Look, he knows he knows he knows more soccer in his like pinky nail than I know in my life, right? In my whole body. So and
4: definitely more than the Twitter trolls, including myself. Uh usually I'll jump on those trains and I'll you know, just for the sake of having fun, you know, old Andy would have tweeted out a Freddy out at this point. But you do a little bit of growing you understand what the club's trying to do. They're still like we're still building a like a roster in a sense where we're picking up new players, but uh that still have to um come here, learn how to play here, uh work on chemistry with each other, but then there's the other bigger factor. We still don't have an owner, right? So I think there's a lot of missing pieces and criticizing a coach to the point where a coach can only talk to their team and players so much that, you know, the the best pep talk in the world isn't going to generate goals. So I, I would go on record saying that, you know, sure, we're sixth place in the West right now. Like you said earlier, we could be nine points up. Um, but I don't think it's – I think it's a little premature for Freddie out.
3: And, uh, Josh, what do you think about that? Mm, I'm leaning more towards the – the the latter, yeah. but that's just me being an impatient soccer fan.
5: But no, I I think it's, it's okay though, right? Yeah, like to it's, have it's okay expectations, to yeah. I, I that means you like the roster, right? I you, love the you roster. Think the talent is there.
3: Yeah, I just I don't understand some coaching decisions. And again, like you said, I'm not around all the time. But as a as a fan, as an outsider watching, I'm puzzled at times, right? And that's where I lean that way. Yeah. So the biggest uh, criticizing
4: is obviously subs. We see
3: it all of the time. Timing and and personnel usually, yeah. Yeah. And when it works, it's great. I'm happy, but yeah. lately, well, since the season started, it it doesn't work more often than that. Cool. Well, I'm exhausted on Freddy.
4: Yeah, let's do do questions. Let's do questions. Twitter or Instagram first, what do you think? I don't care. You're the producer, bro. All right, cool. We got a lot of Twitter questions, so uh, let's filter these out. Also, if you're still following us at this point, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, okay. So, um, oh, also a shout-out to Justin Miram. Uh, got yeah, called up call to his up, national yeah. team. Cool. That's great for him. Uh, I don't know how Iraq does national team-wise, but uh, I That's think a it's a tough cool. region. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, Tanner Danielson uh, replied to the RSL show. Uh, we basically said, or we asked, are you happy with the state of RSL? What would you change or what do you hope to see in the next few matches? So Tanner Danielson, uh, he is tired of hearing how hard the guys fought when we are winning and end up giving up a late goal uh, for a draw or a loss. Especially when there are very clearly tired, fatigued players uh, in specific positions where usually the mistakes are made and convert to goals. Uh, He's specifically
3: calling out Toya. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. You can tell when a guy's been run ragged and and the other team's having their way. Why you're not making that adjustment is something that puzzles me.
5: Yeah, look, um, we're going to see a lot more of these three games in eight-day weeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do think Toya looked really ragged in the Wednesday game against Houston Mm -hmm. for about the last 20 minutes. But then he was still present enough to get that assist on on the late Julio goal. Right? Sure, yeah. Um, I think last week was rough, too, because Ashton Morgan I think probably would have started the Colorado game, but he had missed some training sessions because of –
3: Some protocols. It, yeah, yeah,
5: it was a health – I don't know if it's COVID-related, but he was sick for a few days. and um, And then I don't know. Like Brody's still hurt for roughly another month. um I think some people were really excited about Noah powder um again, a raw young player, but he was he has been playing for Trinidad and Tobago in both their what Olympic qualifying I think and their world Cup qualifying this this year or is about to for World Cup so um toy was the only real option unless you go three in the back and I mean, those are those are just as risky as as much as they are things we want to see.
4: Yeah, I just feel like you can't do that in this league. Uh, not anymore, anyway. I mean, there's so many teams just scoring goals like crazy. Uh, okay, also Tanner said, uh, he added to this comment, uh, he wrote, clearly Bob Bradley is a fan of Domi. Anybody else slightly nervous that LAFC might try and scoop him up?
5: I mean, I think Domi's too old to be, like, doing international transfers, but... I wouldn't be surprised if there was a ton of trade value for him in this league. Now, he may not want to play for another team in this league. I get the sense that he's been here four years. He did just get the new deal. He clearly loves this club. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think Tanner needs to worry about Bob Bradley poaching. Somebody, I think, said in response to that, I think Bob Bradley's out of contract after this year, (laughs) too. Is Is he he really? Yeah. And, And, I mean, LAFC has drastically underperformed not only their projections, but the data analytics, expected wins, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And that's a whole nother podcast. We don't need to get into that today, the whole art versus science debate, which I passionately want to have. Because I want to understand the analytics piece better, right. but Bob Bradley's not getting fired. They're going to re-up him whether they make the playoffs or not.
3: Like I don't know. Come on could see him going in another direction. Where? I don't know. Here. St. Louis? Right. Just kidding. Not him, Diego, but, but yeah. LAFC, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, they might try the Atlanta model, but that didn't work that's out. obviously been a cluster yeah. for Atlanta since yeah. they got Tata right. They got the next two Euro and Argentine coaches wrong. Diego Alonso was a disaster in Miami. I thought he was going to be a stud. And I'm happy for Gonzalo Pineda because that's – that's a guy that put in a lot of dues as a older MLS player. Started at the bottom as an assistant coach in the Seattle organization. You know, maybe Homison should be a head coach somewhere. Maybe. I mean, not that anybody in this organization wants to let him go, but I mean his his growth from his days as a player to now leading the Monarchs is pretty impressive.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna read a few comments. Uh, Eric Walker writes, "I'm happy with the state of uh, the." Uh, Dude, I keep doing this. My brain just, like, malfunctions. I'm happy with the state of the roster. Not so happy with the way they're playing, and I feel like it comes down to coaching. Uh, Too much complacency. Uh, Travis Miller writes, until we get a new owner, the team seems to be stuck in neutral. Uh, Wish we heard more positive info on that front. Uh, Sorry, Bill. Shout out, dude. What's up? How are you? Uh, He writes, hard to say if I am happy or unhappy until there is a new owner. Everything in flux uh, till then or until the team sells. Uh, Kurt, Wilson, Kurt, 33. I would love to see fewer falling asleep moments or shutting off moments. However, as a team that can't add DPs and therefore can't add $5 million players, RSL is performing about where I think they can. No, it's fair. Kurt, that is the first sensible... Uh, tweet that we've seen in uh, in a long time. So, good job. Uh, I don't think I've seen his name before either. So, shout out. Uh, let's see. We've got another another person that goes by Ski1978 on Twitter. I think the pieces are there to be successful. For whatever reason, this coaching staff can't help the players stop late game collapses. I think substitutions are a big part of this. We agree with you. Uh, and a few more. uh Props for nothing says, "How about Menendez playing 90 instead of taking him off after an hour uh, for a defensive mid when the game is tied?" So they'd like to see Menendez on a little bit longer.
5: Yeah, I think we all would. Yeah, but he played 60 each of those three games in a week. He also got his second uh, COVID shot after one of, or leading into one of those games. So I think that's why. I can't explain the Colorado sub other than it was the third game in a week. And mm-hmm. I actually think Menendez stayed on until maybe 75 in that game. It I It was
3: 77. I, think. I remember.
5: Yeah. yeah. So um, it was a Houston game I think they're talking about because it was 61 or whatever. When mm-hmm. it was, but there's very few players that are going to play 270 minutes in a week. And look. I think we all love Menendez, right? He's Absolutely. He's got that spark. He's been compared to Burrito. Dunny compares him to Blanco up in Portland. Um, and I think as this, the way the schedule looks right now, I think we're, we're it's just Saturday night games or weekend games. So we don't have a three-game week for a little Thankfully. bit. So I think M- Menendez is still clearly trying to get comfortable, trying to get on the same page with everybody. But, man, he shows flashes of brilliance. He's obviously had... Uh, the great assist uh, to Bobby in in the Austin game, and he's been so close to scoring in a couple other games.
3: Yeah, I can't wait for him to open his account.
4: Yeah. Uh, A few others. Um, J.M. Patsold, hope to see an ownership announcement and consistent early subs. Uh, Jesse Roberts also asks, new ownership updates? No, we don't have any of that. Um, And the last one, Ruben Santos. Uh, How are you, little guy? Uh, He writes, honestly, I'd rather them blow a lead than get dominated every game. I have hope. That's fair. Yeah, you know, that's just, that's what it is, right? We could be a club that consistently loses 3-0, 2-0. Um, we see some fight. At least I like to think that I see fight from RSL. And and then we just get beat, you know, by, by one goal or or whatever it might be, but...
5: I mean, look, losing sucks, and nobody ever wants that no matter what, but can you imagine if we were Atlanta or Toronto and we're spending two to three times our payroll? And, still and, sucking. And look, we we spend, I think, the fourth lowest money in the league this year, mm-hmm. and we're we're top half of the overall table. We're right. small market. We're right. And we're top half of, of the West. So uh, it's all related, right? The ownership situation, hopefully, knock on wood, will be resolved by the end of this year. Um, that's the latest that Garber said. I didn't see any new comments from him coming out of All-Star. Um, I think this roster is really good considering we aren't able to do the third DP and aren't able to do some of the TAM stuff. But Absolutely. the other things they've done, and look, I hate to compare stuff to 2020 because COVID screwed everything up. The bubble was weird. The second... Scheduling phase was weird. The was final, weird, yeah. the final phase was really skewed because of a lot of things that had happened off the field. I think, I think the team went two eight and four after um, the Deloitte comments mm-hmm. on the on the radio and the canceled game. But <clears throat> excuse me, this roster is way more talented than last year. Like oh, by far, there were there were big chunks of the roster, like the second ten. That I kind of felt were monarchs, mm-hmm. it was a monarchs roster, mm-hmm. or monarchs too many monarchs type players, yeah, now I had that same feeling going into this year, but Andrew Brody's proved himself, I think Nick Beestler has taken another step forward, um Holt and again, these are all guys that that haven't had perfect seasons, but Holt gets better every time he plays as far as I'm concerned, um. I'm trying to think who else. Michael Chang has has been significantly better this year. Yeah, not than last. relying
3: on him to be the sole winger, is right? Nice. And, yeah.
5: and um, look, Miram's better this year than he was last year. Um, I don't know. I feel like the roster is a lot better. And as Dakovich and Wood and Menendez get integrated, uh, it's going to be even better. And I think like I think we're at a point now where we have what five home games. Five no, 6. Six, yeah. 6 6 home games and 9 road games, so it's a little bit road skewed. But I actually feel like we we have a setup Real and a roster schedule, yeah. where the guys can go get some of those road points. Mm-hmm. And and we do play coming out of this past Colorado game, I think we only have one game out of our next 5 that are against teams that are above us in the standings. Yeah,
3: our our finish of the season schedule is easy compared to the rest. Yeah. So it really there's is.
5: reasons to be optimistic.
4: Um and I'm looking at the score sheet, like, the the past five minutes that you guys have been talking, we haven't lost a game by two goals. No. We've lost by one goal, or we draw.
5: The problem is all the points we've dropped from winning positions. Yep. Yeah. And that's that sucks. I mean, that's just frustrating.
4: It sucks, but, I mean, looking at the score sheet, it's, there's no blatant games. I mean, like, you know, we beat uh, Vancouver 4-0, and the, the reason— On the road, the reason just that I the, well, <laughs> the reason that I bring that was a good joke. The reason I bring that up is because we could be a team that has absolutely gotten pounded like that, but this season we haven't. It's just little mistakes that lead to us holding a lead, getting a draw, or we drop a goal late. And if you look at the positives of that, especially with these like next road games, and like you said, the new the new players on the roster there's a pretty good damn chance that we can go on a tear, mm-hmm. so I'm actually excited.
5: The, I think what's what's frustrating, right? Those, but the zero-zero home against Nashville, yep. tying Houston twice, like those are games that I think will always be frustrating, no matter what. Um, again, the glass half-full view is that. Whether it's the two-one against San Jose, um, you know some of the other one-nothing and two-nothing. Well, we had a two-nothing lead against Galaxy, right? And we tied that game two-two. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that are always going to sting and hurt. But if we can minimize or eliminate those the rest of the way, then we can say, hey, we learned our lesson. Right. We learned it the hard way, and, and it sucks. Then we'll be happy. But that's that's probably why the frustrating thing is, right? Is we keep making kind of the same mistakes over and over again, over yeah. and over. We're not finding new ways to right. lose or tie. It's it, it. There's some consistency in how this has happened, and that's going to increase the frustration. It's just like at Andy's work. I'm sure Tanya Vea says, Andy, I know you're going to make a mistake today. Just don't make the same one you made yesterday. You know is that fair? Those are actual. That's actually good management.
4: It's actually a good. It's dude that gets quoted a lot. Yeah. You know, never working in broadcast. Like, sure, I've made a mistake or so. That's exactly what my executive make producer new mistakes. Says. They say, "Hey, just <laughs> don't make." And like and I we
5: always say, "And I don't make the same mistake." Dude. Make make errors oh, of saying. commission because it means you're trying. Yeah. Then omission, which means you're just lazy or oblivious or whatever. Yeah, not you, Andy. I right. know you're not that person. No. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Yeah.
4: I am a lazy person, <laughs> but when it comes to late, la- you know, vid- what? video stuff and and stuff that I enjoy, there's not, no, no not, mistakes made.
5: Not to accidentally quote Bill Gates when he's trying to insert the microchip in all of us, but um <laughs> Bill Gates says he likes hiring lazy people because lazy people will discover the most efficient solution to a problem. Oh, dude. A
3: thousand percent. A
5: thousand,
3: a thousand percent. It's always about working smarter, not harder. Exactly.
4: I mean,
5: let's be afraid of the vaccine when literally we carry around little computers in our hands mm-hmm. all day that track everything we do yeah. and everywhere we go. Don't yep. use logic. But- Sorry, <laughs> dude. I've got. I've got. My There's no. It's like Twitter. There's no place for logic no, and I reason know, here.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I've got my COVID shot scheduled for this weekend.
5: Good. About time. Yeah. Where you been, bro. Uh, you know. I. I don't need to get personal. I'm just. No. Teasing no. No.
4: You. No. 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 You want to know the truth? I was. I was scared of the vaccine. Okay. I had COVID. I. I kind of jumped onto that train of like, oh, I've got antibodies. Yeah. Right. Uh but I I think I saw
5: people in Florida rubbing cow poop on themselves and No, no, no. Sorry.
4: No, I just think it's uh I, I think it's just the I, re- I think it's just a responsible thing to do and I'm not you know You not, care I, about the public good. I'm not getting paid to say this. You know, there's no one like there's no pressure from anybody but uh I think it's just time. You know, there's FDA approval. Um I think it's just time to you know try and uh just basically trusted and and whatever.
5: There's a reason like we don't have polio and smallpox and some of these things. It's because we all got vaccinated when we were little kids mm-hmm. and we couldn't have gone to school if we didn't get certain vaccines. So, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, listen,
4: personal choice guys. If you guys want to go get vaccinated, cool. If you don't, it's it's all good. Um any closing thoughts? Josh. No,
3: it's good to be back.
4: It's going to be good back. Regard, yep. yep. We're gonna. Uh, I ran into, like I said, I ran into Tom. Tom was like, "Dude, the RSL, the RSL show is dead." I said, "Shut up." No, it's not. Uh, even Alex Vehar was like, "Oh, see, so you guys kind of, you know, not doing it anymore, huh?" So that it, that fueled the fire. Also, seeing the uh, photo of RSL soapbox up in the press box. I love Matt. I love uh, what's his name, the one with the nice Kyle. hair. Kyle, I'm just kidding. Kyle, I know your name. Um, I love who else is on that show? Who else is on that show? Lucas. Uh, Lucas Trevor. is a yeah. Lucas is a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't
5: love Trevor? Sorry. Well, you I know, didn't mean to say his name.
4: Well, hang on a sec. I'm just kidding. I know. We're, this is all. These, <laughs> these are all jokes. Um, I saw Matt and Kyle at Jake's wedding. Josh was Lucas there? No. Lucas was probably busy. Uh, Trevor wasn't there, but if I had his haircut, I wouldn't go anywhere either. (laughs) So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the RSL show. Thanks for having me today, guys. Yeah, Trey. I uh, really appreciate it. We
5: love you so much, dude. Hey, Um, the feeling's mutual. I appreciate you guys getting me out of my shell, out onto the crazy freeway of Salt Lake City, (laughs) I-15, parking lot. No, this is fun to talk RSL with you guys. Yeah. I'm ready for the home stretch, I believe if you will mm-hmm. um
4: dude we got inspired the other day uh that girl did the she did the chant on a piano did you see the video no, on twitter no what's what's the name of I the can't chant i not remember the chant it's it's a chant in columbus crew
5: oh i know i did see this it's a yeah. uh, oh but she was at the old crew stadium yeah, doing it yeah it she around hasn't around. done the whole video yet or she hasn't released it yet yeah it was like a little i think teaser. it was a little teaser okay
4: okay just release anyway. listen just release the video but um, me and Josh got inspired. We're gonna uh, do acoustic <laughs> versions of our favorite RSL show, Chance. Um, no, 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 Real Salt Lake Chance. Acoustic <laughs> guitar version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do they even play Believe at the stadium anymore? Yeah, yeah. they do. Do they play it every goal? I think so. Oh, uh, there was like something I, had I missed. Seen the, on
3: I missed the Gwen Stefani that would come on after every goal. Yeah. Those are the days, Trey. If you have any say, dude, and any
4: like music that plays, if you have any connections, we we hey, want to bring the our
5: boy, woo-hoo. our boy, woo-hoo. Tyler Gibbons. We don't want that back. Is yeah, now congrats. VP of marketing and game presentation. So I think I think you just need to hit up our boy T Jibs on Twitter and uh, tell him you want that. Gwen Stefani thing Just to, once Just once Just once Ah oh, every 10 minutes <laughs> 10th, 20th, 30th, 40th, 50th minute I we gotta love do. the
3: live band Woo-hoo! back Before
5: do you know I saw Gwen Stefani at the E! Center back in the day? Oh wow Before it was the Maverick Center And she sang B-A-N-A-N-A-S <laughs> What were you doing there? What was I doing there? I was on a
4: date bro Oh nice Did I went to Maroon 5 Okay That was a great concert actually I'm sure I got dragged there But it was great It was a good time Um, Yeah. Congratulations, Tyler Gibbons. Uh, Fantastic. Uh, I think Dunny summed it up best. Uh, Tyler tweeted and said that uh, he had received accepted accepted, and Dunny said, no, it's earned. So, yeah, dude, Tyler works his ass off. Um, Excited to see what happens with with that. So it's gonna be a good time. I think the club's in great hands right now. I do, too. I'm excited until we get ownership.
5: Yeah, new era. A new era has already started. I think. Yeah. You look at Rubio Rubin's four-year deal. You look at Demir's new deal. You look at Bobby Wood, Tony Dakovich. It's um, crazy. Justin Glad's new deal. Like the core of this team is going to be around for a while, and that's that's why I like to point out the 500 years under Christ when everything was kind of metastasizing if you will solidifying yeah. I know we're trying to get out of here I'm sorry no you're fine no but that's what I feel like is happening and so if this team can have success while a, a solid core grows together which I think we're seeing um, David Ochoa you know that spine Everton Pablo bees like there's a there's a lot of players this is this is for another pod but there's a lot of players that get a lot of crap from the fan base but you you need squad players. Not every guy is going to be your Messi or your Ronaldo or your Yosef Martinez or your um, Mark Anthony Kay. Chicharito. Yeah, Chicharito is like a Fox analyst now because he does that more than he plays soccer.
4: All right. Okay, we're ending the show, dude. <laughs> all right, take it easy, guys. Uh, check it out. Thank uh, you. Check, check it out. Check it out. I'm going to edit all this, dude, because I can't fucking talk. Uh, check us out on the socials, RSL Show. Uh, don't go to RSLShow.com because we're not doing merch anymore. And remember to follow at One Wire Fiber. And while you're at it, go check out KSL Sports.
5: At Claret Cobalt.
4: And at at Claret Cobalt podcast. Thank you.
3: Josh, anything?
2: Night.
3: Night. Adios.
2: Adios.
0: I I would but first